All right. Good evening, everybody. It's a good one here, Shay. I don't know. I just feel like saying Shay all the time. I just anybody who calls it City Field is really a creep. It's Shay. It should have never been changed. They should have gotten the Shay family to write him a check for like eight dollars to keep the name. It's Shay. Uh, makes me crazy. It's like uh, Giant Stadium. It's Shea Stadium, Yankee Stadium, Giant Stadium. That's what it is. And any when people correct me when I say Shay and they go, "No, it's City Field." No, 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 no. It's Shay. It's Shay. That's what it is. I don't care if it's a brand new space age thing. It's Shay. Okay. And plus, it's funnier because you know, it's a good one here. It's Shay. Shay's funny. It's funny because the Mets stink most of the time. That's not true. I, I don't mind the Mets, but I'm a Yankee fan. But speaking of baseball, uh, here on the Jimmy Palumbo show, show number five. One of the things I'm going to do, I've decided uh, in, in meeting with my producers, um, well, they're just sitting here staring at me right now, is I, I'm going to number each show. So maybe can you imagine like it'll be like Jimmy Palumbo show 6048. Um, I'll be like 74 years old and, uh, you know, my daughter, my daughter's son will be running the board. <laughs> I'll be like, Jimmy Palumbo still not generating any income here on a podcast live in Matawan, New Jersey. Good evening, everybody. Matawan, probably some Indian tribe from uh, 500 years ago. But uh, I know I said this on other, uh, where the studio is located, it's just one of the most depressing areas I've, I've been to, really. I hate to bash Matawan, but there's nothing open on Mondays. There's a pandemic. And it's really like, um, it's just awful. Anyway, I'm sure I'm going to get a letter from the Matawan uh, Board of Freeholders or something. You know, I'll let them having to do community service by holding an auction and selling some old Matawan high school jacket or something like that. I don't know. But it's uh, it's springtime here. It's so nice at the TVs. We got a little baseball on in the background. The Mets are playing, slapping the ball around. That's good. But uh, I, of course, have been watching games a little bit. Um, it's, it's early in the year. So it's, uh, anybody having this problem, it's springtime, right? But the other night I swear it was 28 degrees. I was more cold two days ago than I was in the middle of February. I got caught with a t-shirt on flip flops. I'm outside and the temperature dropped. I was completely freezing my ass off. I was like, wait a minute. It's spring. It's sunny Easter. No, no, it's not. It's still cold. It's windy. Oh my God! I thought you were gonna. I thought you were about to mock me out, Chris. Were you? No, I wasn't. You weren't gonna mock me out. You always have a t-shirt on. I deal with these young fellows. They're always like, you know, like they work out a lot and stuff. Well, Dave doesn't really work. I out, haven't but worked. He, th- he out dreams in like about two it. Two months, bro. Yes, you do. You're Dave in shape. works out every day, and I'm stuck at the studio. Work in the out. But Dave runs the softball team. Well, Dave runs the softball team until I'll probably take over midway. <laughs> I'm going to be like the Bob Lemon of your softball team. Somebody, you, you'll get let go. You'll be one and four. And someone's going to be like, wow, what are we going to do? Our management of our softball team sucks. And then some beat writer is going to write, wait a minute, isn't Jimmy Palumbo on the team? And then next thing you know, I'll be doing the book. And I'll bring in, you know, Larry Pacifico and my guys and, and Craig Mashad and some other guys that will come out and play. And you got to get Peter Abin, bro. Peter Abin will come back. See that? Even Chris knows the boys. And... Dave will be, I'll bat him like ninth. It'll be just a small part of it. And that'll be it. But I am looking forward to my debut in softball, though. I'm really concerned. I really got to get the glove out of the bag because uh, it's down in my storage area. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little rusty first time out. I mean, 
I may have to throw off a you know a, a no mound for a while just to get. We got a practice going Saturday the seventeenth. First, first of all, okay, wait a minute. Okay, I have twenty one hundred hits and so twenty one. You're the one that said you got to dust all, off the glove, what, bro. You know what that means? You dust it off, you pound it a little bit, and you go out to anybody who practices. First of all, there's even a line in beer league about practicing, but. First of all, people that practice softball, that is, dude, I'm, I'm 55 years old. You, you're you telling me I can't slap a base hit over a second base? I need to practice that? Come on now, practice. Get out of here. Are you going to call for a run or two? You know, my... Oh, definitely. First of all, that's different. Because <laughs> I usually, you know, maybe there's girls at the game I want to flirt with or something like that, so I don't want to have... You got to get me up. Once I get my hit, that's it. People don't pay, don't pay a ticket price to watch me run the bases. And first of all, you know, that's why I don't get many doubles anymore because it's like, ah, oh, second base is way 20, over there. 21 career doubles, 6,000 hits, or yeah, 2,100 hits? I have 2,100 hits. I probably have about six doubles, one triple, and one home run. <laughs> Punch and Judy, and there we go. And every time we play, we used to play a team with a really good, like, right fielder and second baseman. I went over for 4 because <laughs> the second baseman played deep. I'd hit a little lazy, he'd catch it on a fly. It was, but when I played a team with a bad second baseman, that was shameful because I was I just abused them. But I, when I got fatter and older, much like Hank Aaron back in his day, I decided to pull the ball, and my the, my team was like, "Jimmy, you I mean, you had it in you." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fat now. I just want to rip it down the third baseline." You know, <laughs> so I did that for a year, but then it threw off my other game. So when you know second and third, two outs in the sevens, I just did my thing and slapped a base hit, and that would be it. But uh, I do look forward to playing some softball, even watching a softball game at this point. Uh, although watching softball is also creepy. Um, we had a couple of guys used to come and watch. And I was like, what are you doing here? Why don't you just go to the bar and we'll be there in about an hour. <laughs> There's no reason to watch us, you know. <laughs> I think this year uh, Corona Construction is going to have a reunion over at Warren Park. and We're going to dress in uniform and show up and have beers in the park a lot just to see some of the teams going like, you guys are back in the league? Nah, we just wanted to put the see what it felt like to put the. Of course, my everything's gonna be a little tight on me now, but I actually didn't gain that much weight. But I, I feel I just feel lousy. Maybe throwing the ball around will be good for me and stuff like that. But uh, anyway, so I also got a you know while we're talking about softball, which um, apparently I do talk about softball a lot, a big part of my life. We must mention my right center fielder. And when I, I, I could do this whole thing as John Sterling. And when I mentioned my right center fielder, I got to mention Craig Michaud. Craig and Johnny, absolute eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Why not? They're on 42 Main Street. And their number is 732-326-3937. This is one of my famous live reads of businesses that my friends own. And they are a full... Absolute full service prescription eyewear place, but they have, they do all the optical stuff, non-prescription glasses, safety glasses, sports glasses, glasses for the kids, the contacts, they do eye exams. They got Ray-Bans and Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo. Maybe I should do it more as Jim Carvalho's. They got Ray-Bans and a coach over to Ralph Lauren and Jimmy Choo and he's fouled. And silhouettes are about to get, you know, First of all, I'm doing Jim Carvalho's. If anybody gets that, that's, again, send me an email. I send you a dollar. 
But they do have Ray-Bans and Coach and Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouettes, Michael Kors, and Vogue getting involved here at the 815 mark. Maui Jim sunglasses, Costa Del Mar sunglasses, and the rest. They got glasses for every budget, you know, discounts, seniors, AAA, AARP, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, and the key part, if, number one, if you go in the store imitating Jim Carvalis, I, I think they should just give you the glasses for free, but legally we can't do that. But you do get $100 off a complete pair of prescription glasses when you mention this podcast. Now, it's a complete pair. you got to get the whole the, the frame, the lenses, the whole bit. And uh, my little addendum to that is that you got to bring in a little photo of me from the Internet, and I want to post them on their, on their window all around. So like three years from now, if they're still advertising, it's just going to be my face all over it. I want to be the face of absolute eyewear. And why not? I was gonna. I was gonna do Bob Shepard with it, you know, Ray Ban, Coach, Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, and Michael Kors. <laughs> That's it. Absolute eyewear. Give them a call. Seven three two three two six three nine three seven. Absolute eyewear. Forty two Main Street. Go and talk to Craig and Johnine, and uh, they'll take care of you. They're really good people. They've been in business a long time. They got your back. Don't worry about it. All right. We'll be right back. You know, as I get older, I tend to appreciate different things. One thing I love now more than I ever have in the past is some unique furniture. Not just any furniture, unique custom furniture made by Battle Rattle Woodworks. He's specializing in charcuterie boards for all those parties you're about to host when this weather gets a little nicer. Even better, if you enter the code CHOP15 at checkout, you're going to get 15% off your entire purchase. Massive savings on some unique American-made stuff. Help support your local veteran right now and visit them on social media at Battle Rattle Woodworks. Hey guys, this is Sturge from the Chop Sports Podcast, and today I want to address something near and dear to my heart, and that's mental health awareness. More specifically, Joe Pizzamenti with Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. His consulting company can help you in so many ways, including an innovative way to lower your monthly bills. And guess what? If you lower my monthly bills, my mental health state is going through the roof. There's so much to learn about Joe and Attitude of Gratitude Consulting. Visit the website right now, www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com. All right, good to be back here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show, not live from Matawan, New Jersey. You know, I think I think Matawan's going to be like my Burbank. Johnny Carson had Burbank, Jimmy Palumbo has Matawan. Plus, I live in Mawa, so I got a lot of M's in my life. But I figured this is the segment of the show, which those of you who are scoring at home following the show, is the uh, let's talk about one of Jimmy's bookings. And I decided tonight to talk about the Curb Your Enthusiasm booking. Some people really enjoy that show. It's one of my favorite shows. I did season four, episode 10, season finale. Matter of fact, some of my friends say, Jimmy, you when you audition for a season finale, you're like, you're, you're tough out right there. I think I booked like six or seven of them. Matter of fact, if it's like episode four, I don't even know. I don't even want to audition. Like, who wants to do episode four? But if it's, you know, the season finale, come on. Friends, ER, God bless America. But um, so this Curb booking was wild because... I went in for um, I I I go to I, I was in L.A. from always from September to May. I get back like May fifteenth right before so I go on the Jersey Shore with my buddies, and I get the audition and I go in and it's with a big time casting director who cast me in my first uh, Spin City thing I did. So all they do is give you a strip of paper with 
a line in it of the scenario. And initially my line said something uh, something with, with a doorman, but it was like smaller. So she comes out. She sees me with the piece of paper. She goes, oh, Jimmy, good to see you. She goes, you're doing – and she goes, oh, no, 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 no. And she made it in front of all – and every actor in that room was – every actor who had any mojo going on was in this room getting ready to audition. Because Curb shoots in L.A. They were shooting one episode in New York. I had just got back into town three days before. So she goes, no, no, Jimmy, I'm going to give you something better. And she said it loud enough where everybody was like, who's that asshole who gets the better? And I was like, oh, thanks. Whatever, whatever you got to do. I act like it was no big deal. So I go into a room. And in the room is Larry David and and uh, what's his name? The, the heavy set guy. Uh, yeah, Jeff. In the room. And we were in a room like... Six by six. It was a small room. And there's Larry David, and he's like, not really friendly. He's like, all right, let, let's do this. Uh, let's get to, we're going to do this thing now. He goes, all right, you're, I'm going to give you a tip, and, and you're going to take the tip, and you're not going to know if you're going to keep it yourself or give it to the other guy. And I was like, all right. Now, my buddy Mark DeCarlo, actually, bring up his name again, he told me, whatever you do with Larry David, don't do much. Don't overdo it. He doesn't like that. He likes subtle. So I was like, all right, like, you know, just keep it really. I'll try to do nothing. So we do the scene, and um, I thought it went okay. And he looks at Jeff. He's like, was that good? Was that good? He's like, I thought it was good. He's like, all right, all right, that's it. You're done. So I figured, okay. So I get a phone call a couple of days later. I thought I just did okay at best, and I end up booking the thing. So they, But I didn't know what the plot line was. Nobody did. So they told me to show up at the theater where the producers was um, being performed at night. So I go there, and I see this PA, and I go, uh, hey, I'm Jimmy Palumbo. I'm here. And she goes, okay. Well, I thought she said your trailer is on 43rd Street. But she really said the trailer is on 43rd Street. Okay. Hair and makeup in there, whatever they got to do. So little did I know that the producers, the play was part of the whole plot line on the show. So I go over to the tra- uh, this trailer. I open the door. And inside the trailer, okay, it's one of those smaller little RVs parked right on like 43rd Street and and Eighth uh, Avenue. Is is David David Swimmer is in there? Paul the the director Paul Mazursky who was in there. Uh, Richard Kind was in there. Uh, Stephen Colbert. This is before he was the big shot. Okay, mm-hmm. and and some guy you, I don't know if you guys know is a comic uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Maybe you guys heard of him. So when I opened this door, they went like they looked at me like. I got the look of like, who are you? And then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm you know, it's a guy just waiting. They told me to come here. And no one really said anything to me. I was like, oh. But I looked at David Swimmer and he looked at me because I had done the Friends like a, a couple of years before. And I said, hey, man, how's it going? He goes, hey. He goes, I know you, right? I go, yeah, I did an episode of Friends with me and Debbie Mazor. And he went like, oh, yeah, how's it going, man? So there was a curtain where the, like, where the bedroom would be. And this was a small RV. So I, I stand there with nowhere to sit. So I just stand there. I'm like, I was like, oh, this is awful. I want a place to sit at least. The 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 wardrobe lady comes in and hands me my wardrobe, which is like a, you know, a, like an outfit, and and of the doorman and stuff, whatever. And she hands it to me, and I'm like, okay. And then I was like, I had to get like dressed. I'm thinking, I'm not dropping my trousers in front of David Schwimmer and 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 Seinfeld and Stephen Colbert. And I'm like, so I figured, oh, I'll go in the back room. Right, and so I went to go. I went to go open the door, and I see a woman's foot. It was dark. Some woman was sleeping in there, 
And the guy goes, whoa, where are you going? I'm like, well, I got a chain. They're like, oh, Cheryl is sleeping back there. Um, I said, oh, okay. I said, oh. Uh. So I got dressed in a bathroom. One leg had to go out of the bathroom. So I think one of the guys would have said, hey, let me, you know. So I get dressed. And next thing you know, um, uh, it was Cheryl Hines, who I actually met because her first husband or one of her husbands was uh, part of the management company that I was with and still am at the time. And the only reason why I know her is that the, she brought the baby to the office once and I was there, okay? And she had a little beautiful baby, blonde. And next thing you know, I'm rolling around on the floor with this baby in front of her and her husband having fun because I had nephews at the time. And I'm having a blast. Cut to four months later, I'm waiting to go into a restaurant with a buddy of mine and I see this woman, like a Mexican person, woman, bringing with the stroller with this blonde baby. And I went my, we're getting ready to go in my buddy. I look and I go, you know, see that baby right there? That's Cheryl Hines' baby. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, that's, that's Cheryl Hines' baby. He's like, he looked at me. Next thing you know, Cheryl Hines gets out of a cab. Pick takes the baby from the woman. It was obviously the babysitter. And she comes over and she says, oh, hi, Jimmy. I'm like, hi, Cheryl. I said, you know me from Principal Young. Yeah, yeah. So she's talking to me with the baby in her arms, right? Now, just four months earlier, I was rolling around the carpet with this kid, right? So while we're talking, now my buddy's like in shock, standing there going, Jimmy's talking to Cheryl Hines like it's like some lady at the, at the deli asking for a sandwich. The baby lunges toward me. And I scoop up the baby and... Don't even stop talking. And she's like, she she opened her eyes and I went like, oh, do you mind? She goes, no. So we continue the conversation. I give her back the baby. Now my buddy is like, I can see his face. He's like, Jimmy Plummo's holding Cheryl Hines' kid. And she looks at me. She goes, that's weird. He doesn't even go to my husband. I was like, ah, I was playing with him at that time. So she goes to walk in and she turns around. And she goes, you must be a really good guy because babies know. At this point, my buddy was like, you got to be kidding me, Bob. We couldn't. We, we were supposed to eat in the same restaurant. He refused to go in. He's like, I can't do this. We got to go somewhere else. So anyway, so Cheryl Hines is in the RV. All these stars and baboon Jimmy Palumbo is sitting there. So we get to the set, and it turns out a couple days before, I told my dad that he was at a barbecue, and I called him up, and I said, Dad, I booked the show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. The guy wrote every Seinfeld episode. And he was at a barbecue with his old baseball buddies from Queens. One of them was named Joe Rizzo. And my father was like, yeah, my son just booked something with Larry David. And I hear a guy go, oh, I know Larry. I said, who knows Larry at that party? Turns out my father's third baseman, Joe Rizzo, was the guy who owned the fruit store in that famous Seinfeld episode where he's touching all the fruit. He was the guy who yells at him, get out of my store the whole bit. That was Joe Rizza. So Joe Rizza gets on the phone. He's like, Jimmy, you tell Larry, I'm the guy. He what a pain in the ass, Larry David was. He always touching my fruit. I kicked him out. I said, get out of my store. But he came back. I didn't care, blah, blah, blah. Is that the season, the show where Kramer had to go buy his fruit? Yeah, the whole yeah. bit. The whole great, bit. So, so, um, so with that, I figured, okay, Joe said it like I know him. So we get on the set, and uh, I'm sitting there, and it was a, I was like, I totally got to bring up to Larry David that my family friend is Joe Rizza. So Larry's sitting, we're on the street in New York now, a crew all around, some big hotel. I got my doorman thing on, right? And meanwhile, I was like, I can't believe I was just in an RV with all those stars. And here I am on the street. Meanwhile, people are asking me for directions. Hey, how do I get to Penn State? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just an actor. I'm just an actor. They're looking at me like, no, that's great. You're an actor. But how do I get to, like, I'm like, no, I'm. this isn't my uniform. It was so awkward. And no one bailed me out. Like, 
Larry, no one helped me. I was like answering some of the questions I knew. Oh, Penn Station, go down about 25 blocks, make it right. So with that, there was a break in the moment. Larry David was like two feet from me, and I said uh, real calmly, I said, hey, Larry, um, just to let you know, a friend of the family, uh, Joe Rizzo, the guy on the fruit stand. And as soon as I got the word fruit stand out, Larry David started screaming at me. You know, Joe, that jerk off, he was, what an asshole he was, screaming loud. The whole crew's looking at me now, and he's in my face. He's being like Larry David in my face. That guy, I went in there, when you buy fruit, you got to touch it to see if it's soft or hard. You know? And he's screaming. I'm thinking, oh, my God, what did I do? Joe Rizza, my dad's third baseman, never told me that they didn't get along. So as he's yelling at me, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. What am I going to do here? And I turned red. I was like, I just, I just kind of held my own. And then he goes, yeah, but Joe was a good guy. I did a whole episode on him, Seinfeld. I wrote the whole thing about him, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, Whew. got out of that one, right? Meanwhile, the whole crew's like, who's that jerk-off doorman, you know, doing that? So then we do the scene, and uh, right in the middle of it, Larry David goes, stop, stop, stop. He looks at me and goes, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, what are you doing here? I was like, uh, well, I was just doing the scene with you. He goes, do you know why you booked this? I was like, um, no, I don't, sir. He goes, because you did nothing at the audition. And he said it, like, negatively. I went, oh, all right, all right. So we do the next take, and now I'm like, okay, you want to play this game, Mr. Larry David, worth a billion dollars? You want to see me do nothing? I, I'm, I'm good at doing nothing when I have to do nothing. We did the next take. I didn't move any. I went into this, like, zombie mode. I didn't even, I barely got words out. He stops, and he goes, all right. Now you're doing nothing. And I'm like, oh, this guy's a jerk off. You know what I mean? So we do the next take, and then he looks at me. We get done with the take. He goes, that was good. Split the difference. I'm like, split the difference? Well, you know, we do the, another take, and then he starts asking me, hey, Jimmy, what do you think? You think that was good? I was wondering, you think that was really funny? I'm looking, why is Larry David asking a second baseman on Corona softball from Movers Township if this scene was funny. I don't know. You're Larry David. I just, I'm getting paid a thousand dollars for the day here. I want to go home. So we go, we end up inside the, the hotel room and uh, the director comes over to me, um, uh, Robert Wide or Robert Weed. I don't know how you pronounce it. W E I D E. He goes, Hey man, do you watch the show? And I said, yeah. He goes, you know, like we call it like the stare down thing. He wants to do it with you. I was like, okay. He goes, you know the part that goes, do, 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 do. She goes, listen, Larry likes to not tell the actors that when he's going to do it, but it never works. So I always just tell you it's going to happen. I don't know when he's going to do it, but he'll, you'll know when he's doing it. And just in your head, just think, do, 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 do. And it's like, I'm like, I'm now I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing a stare down with Larry David. This is like, this is like, Doing, doing like uh, Stella. I mean, this is like you know, this is Romeo, Romeo. We're out there. This is like this is the top. This is it. You're pitching to Babe Ruth here in the ninth. So we do the scene, and he's looking at me. He's like, "You took the ten dollars," and he's doing. And then he starts staring at my nose, my ear. So I kind of stared back, moved my head a little bit, but I kept in my zone. I was like, "Jimmy, don't," because you wanted to start laughing. Like, what am I doing staring at this? old man, <laughs> a brilliant man that he is. And, uh, but in my head, I'm going, doo, 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 you know, so we get done. He was like, they yell cut. He was like, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. I was like, Oh my God, I just got Larry David by Larry David. So like basically what I'm trying to say about this entire booking is that 
doing a scene with Larry David, auditioning for Larry David, getting yelled at by Larry David is like being in an episode of Curb while you're in an episode of Curb. You know what I'm saying? And I, then I said to myself, man, would I kill to be a regular on the show, right? But if I was a regular on the show, there's no doubt I would think this guy's a jerk off. I mean, like, this un- he's unstable. Like, you don't yell at an actor like that when he does. But he's brilliant, and most of the shows he does are great. And uh, so that was my Larry David moment on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And uh, and, and Cheryl Hines, who's a r- really cool person. So um, that's it for my segment of uh, Jimmy Palumbo and his past bookings. Now, some people are saying, okay, Jimmy's only going to be able to do 109 of these because I only have 109 bookings. But I have other bookings that are not on my resume um, that will, I will have to talk about. But maybe I'll book more stuff this week or next week. and I'll have. So that's how we're going to know how far the show is going to go. How many bookings I get is how many weeks we can do the show. That's it. Because, although if softball starts, instead of doing bookings, I'm going to talk about each one of my hits. Maybe I'll have to do that. I'm going to give you a, the first the first softball game I play. I'm going to do. It's going to be like, hey, listen, I want to discuss you know my bookings, but my bookings are base hits over the second baseman's head. You're going to have to run down the batting average. Uh, yeah, on Mondays after each each Absolutely. game you play, each game the whole bit. What's the over under? Seven oh six? No, no, probably three oh six. Three oh six. But is, as long as I have more hits than not, Dave, it's not unlimited. Good. It's not. It's six to twelve. So you should be able to. Six to twelve, and it's co-ed. Uh, the women are probably good too. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I played. I started a co-ed uh, baseball team in Los Angeles when beer league came out. Um, that's another crazy story. I think we just have enough time to squeeze this in. The women were absolutely gorgeous on our team, and some of them were really good players or good athletes, I should say. And they they, they were pretty good. Um, our guys weren't that good, and that's why we didn't win games. But there's a girl shows up. She's from Australia. She's a friend of a friend of one of the girls, and she goes, Jimmy, do we need a girl? My friend's here, but she's from Australia. She doesn't even know what baseball is. She's never played it. Good-looking girl. So I said, we needed a girl because you had to have five girls, four guys, whatever it was. So I go, hey, uh, listen, uh, I forget what her name was. I said, hey, sweetie, uh, listen, uh, sweetie, I didn't call sweetie. What am, I, what am I, was it 1938? Yeah, sweetie, sweetie. No, so I say, hey, listen. She goes, Jimmy, I, I, I don't know how to do this. I said, okay, so I look at the umpire. I go, um, when she gets up, I'm going to have to kind of, uh, teach her, you know, what to do. So she gets up. I'm like, I go up to keep parallel. Okay, when the ball comes in, just hit it with the bat like you're trying to kill a fly. But like, what else do you say? Yeah, I, I had eight minutes to explain baseball, and then run towards that thing over there. So the first time gets up, she takes a hack and misses. She strikes out. I was like, good job. The second time she gets up, she hit one, but it was foul. And I said to myself, this girl's like an athlete. If she, she can actually hit, I think, you know, if she knew how to play. Third time up, she rips a base hit over the third baseman side. I'm like, go to the bag, go to the bag. She, like, stops short on the bag, you know. So she, I took her out. Of the, another girl showed up. I took her out of the lineup. She's like, what are you thinking about? I was like, you got your one hit. You're going to Australia next week. You're never going to play again. You got your one hit. End it right there. It's all over. But uh, so I was even able to teach. That's what I can do. That's what I bring to the game. Um, although I would love to have some of my current players from the last year discuss my my horrific swing but uh anyway i look forward to that playing ball talking about curb your enthusiasm and other bookings um next week i'll probably have a surprise one i'll discuss 
And uh, when we come back, I have my very special guest, and he is one of the best TV hosts in the land. And uh, I actually know him personally, and uh, I think you guys are going to get a real kick out of it. It's a real treat. We're coming up with America's favorite host. Hey, guys, this is Sturge from Chop Sports, and I want to talk to you about a new hobby of mine, and that's real estate. Ever since we brought on our resident realtor here at Chop Sports, that's all I can think about. So we got another one. You know who's really good at this stuff? Jay Devlin of CRG Homes. Jay is out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and business is booming. Whether you're looking to relocate, buy, rent, or literally purchase property and watch your stacks get higher, Jay is the guy to do this for you. He's already in the process of helping me out right now on a possible summer home. Call Jay right now, 843-315-5913, and have yourself a chat and learn about all the perks and tell him Chop Sports sent you. Health and Fitness Professionals is your one-stop shop for all things sports medicine. They now have four locations in Woodbridge, Scotch Plains, South Plainfield, and Freehold, New Jersey. They're now offering physical therapy, occupational therapy, pain management, chiropractic services, acupuncture, cryotherapy, you name it, they do it. I can't say enough about their chiropractors on site. I get adjusted literally three times a week to get my old 35-year-old self feeling as best as possible. Contact them today. Check out their website, www.hfrehab.com for more info. My guest for this evening is, he's an old friend of mine. We met years ago in Los Angeles, and um, <laughs> he's a really good guy. I actually have a, a, a story. I was um, there's a Wally Pip moment with Mark, uh, my friend Mark here. I'm not going to give you his last name just yet. I'm teasing it now. <laughs> um, there's a Wally Pip moment. He probably doesn't even realize. He'll probably laugh at me. He probably has a counter story, which would be good. But anyway, I'd like to introduce the the, the this person. Okay, first of all. He's the host of Temptation Island on USA Network. He's also known to anybody over 70 as the awesome host of Antiques Roadshow, which he's been doing for, he did for many, many years until, if you ask me personally, the show decided to not really use a computer or something like that. They just decided to, I don't know why they got rid of you. Maybe they couldn't afford to pay. But I'd like to have on right now my good friend, Mr. Mark L. Wahlberg. What's up, Jimmy? How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, no problem. First of all, a couple of things. Number one, uh, it's funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make this whole interview not about you. But um, okay. <laughs> the first thing is, I'll help you. Um, <laughs> the first thing is, uh, I found out only a few years ago that um, your 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 wife is, is is cooler than you and when I find out she was she did something in showbiz world that I think 500 years from now when people are no longer talking about Jimmy Palumbo and Mark Wahlberg um, his his lovely wife okay Robbie Morgan Wahlberg did something right. in showbiz that I think is incredible not only is she funny and talented and beautiful and all that and they produced tremendous children um, she was the first person killed. Murdered in the Friday the Thirteenth series. Now, to me, that is the holy grail of anything in that genre. So, do you have any quick, brief things on that, Mark? Yeah, we. Uh, first of all, it's my favorite piece of trivia, and we went back to some signing event for her, and I was just her plus one. Oh, that's in great. The town where they did Friday Thirteenth, right? Which- so. You know, she did her thing, and at the end of the day, we 
thought it'd be fun to get in the car and go to some of the other places that were locations. So one of them was this diner where she would walk in, they go, you know, you know, they can't put Crystal Lake and they're like, you're going to die, whatever. So the diner's closed, but she had to pee. So she goes over to pee. And while we're in the parking lot, this other car pulls up and it's fans of the, of uh, the movie. That's unbelievable. And they're, they're going around and, they roll down the window and they see me and they don't recognize me, of course. <laughs> and they're like, ah, so are you guys fans too? And I look in the window. And I said, I'm about to blow your fucking mind right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> and then Robbie comes over and leads in and goes, you know the way to Camp Crystal Lake? And they shit their pants. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I like yeah. I said, I couldn't believe when I I, 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 don't know, I read it somewhere. It was on Facebook or you. I don't know. And I was like, oh my god! Because if you're around yeah. my age, Friday the Thirteenth was a huge. The first one, anyway. It was like the ultimate. I think it was the first time I ever really saw a horror movie. To be honest with you. And uh, she was the first one killed, but that's great. So give her a, give her a hug and tell her I said hello. I will. Um, I will. Now, uh, first first of all, I can't believe you're still married, because we were just watching an episode of Temptation Island, and uh, Mark is the host of Temptation Island USA, and the contestants on that show are there's nobody below an eight and a half, really. Um, oh yeah, uh, you're a good looking fella. And you, you might be by far the worst-looking guy involved with the show. I mean, there are by tens. Exponentially the worst. I mean, how do, you, how do you even deal with that? Well, first of all... You're married. Um, yeah, I'm married. And when I did the show originally in 2001, because the show was originally on Fox, right? I was like the cool older brother, right? Right. Now I'm like the creepy young. Oh, you're good. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like a whole other level of like invisible. That's great. So, How's that going with I the show? Tell us about it, man. What's it like? Show show's fantastic. It's a real, you know, an amazing run. Um, I go. It takes like 30 days to shoot. It's in Maui. I bring my wife. She's really supportive and great. Or, or does your wife come with you? And then you bring your wife. Does your wife say, I'm going to go to Temptation Island? I said it. I said it this time. Okay. Kids are grown. The dogs are dead. I said, <laughs> you got to come. I'm like, uh, listen, I've been married 33 years. Do you think I'm going to wow. go to Hawaii for 45 days and not bring my wife? <laughs> That's great. Plus, That's you know, great. it has its benefits. Plus, she's really helpful. So, so you shoot it's the whole great. season in 30 days? Yeah, 30 shoot days. I'm usually there for about 40. How much does... How much post production you have to do voiceover and stuff none. like that? None. All done do right, right there. Wow. None. So like that, this season, I haven't done any ADR, nothing. Wow. It's just we got it all in the field. Um, first season, I had to come in a couple of times to do voiceover and stuff, but really, we just get it done. And this time it was under COVID. So we were locked down in this uh, resort that was closed that we kind of, it was like tropical shining. You know, <laughs> and so <laughs> it was a little weird. That is a little. But well, you're the creepy like, old man yeah. now, so it works. It works right. for you. That's right. Yeah, but, but, I but listen, I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, with all due respect to your wife, the, some of the women on the show are so hot that were you a little nervous about your wife maybe seeing a fastball and she taking the ball to opposite field? Listen, you know, I introduced her to the single guys and they're all. <laughs> carved out of you know like granite <laughs> and uh 
I'm like, what am I doing bringing my wife around these guys? She's giggly. She's adorable. She's got a little sarong on. I'm like, you know, this is not good. This is a mistake. That's so funny. This is a mistake. But That's luckily, uh, she's she's come home with me each time, so it's worked out. There you go. That's cool. So also yeah. now, you know, um, talk. let's talk a little bit about, obviously, the show you did for, seems like a thousand years, the Antiques Roadshow. Um, I did it for 14 years. 14 yeah. years. Wow. Being the host of that yeah. show. What what was that like, you know, your experiences with that? Um, I got the show on a fluke. I They looked for a new host because Lara Spencer was pregnant and leaving. And so my reel got there. It was like really standard. Like the only time in my career where it was like through the front door instead of some, I knew some guy, who, you know, where somebody, you know, really blew it and I took over the job. But I, so I had a meeting with them. And when they called me for the meeting, I'm like, there's no way I'm getting this job. I don't know anything about antiques. <laughs> I'm like, I did Temptation Island. I mean, I'm, there's so many reasons I don't get this job. So I took the meeting, and she says to me right off the bat, she says, why do you think you'd be a good host for the show? And I said, I have no idea. You called me. I, I have no idea. <laughs> That's great. I said, but, you know, I am curious, and I'm willing to be stupid. So I'm happy to be the voice of the audience in that we don't know what's going on and you guys can teach me. And that's, uh, you know, what the experience was like. You know, I had all these appraisers who were, dude, that's the show that should be happening. The behind the scenes in the bar after the taping with all of the appraisers. <laughs> that's the greatest show on earth. I can't believe how specific these, some of the appraisers are and how much they know well, about crazy right. nothingness. But it's like they know everything that's about right. it. And I say that because they focus so, you know, through a pinpoint right. that other aspects of like normal social behavior kind of atrophy. So they're these right. unique kind of, you know, sitcom characters right. that, you know, some of them have, you know, ridiculous money and they know everything. And they're so generous with their knowledge that that was really my experience was hanging out with them. Now, how many, traveling when, when you went country. to a different city, how, how, like how many episodes did you get when you went to one city? Usually three. So you got so three I, episodes. My, so you were traveling I, a lot then, uh, for sure. Well, so like eleven years or ten years, I was on the road, and then they, <laughs> um, they put me in as just the voiceover guy right. for about three seasons, which is a whole other story, whatever. <laughs> but um, so I think I did like eighty cities though. Wow. So when the kids were growing up and my son's playing baseball, and my daughter's got recitals and stuff. I'm traveling on this in the summer, like every other week, Wednesday to Sunday. And I be, I take these really early flights and get back for the second game of the doubleheader every oh, week. Hey, that's what you have to do. That's but we go do. in on Wednesday and we shoot one of my field pieces on Thursday, another one on Friday, Saturday. We do a quick field piece in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we do all the wraparounds in the hall where the events going on. And then I'm on the plane home. Wow. I did that for years, man. Years. That's cool. That was a good gig though, man. You know, put the, yeah, it was good. paid you some know, bills there. I'm sure. Let me ask you, were, like, there, were there differences, tote bag. <laughs> were there differences <laughs> between cities and what kind of antiques you saw? Like, or was it all the you same know, mom, grandma's attic kind of deal? You know, the answer is uh, yes and no. Yes. You would get uh, regional stuff that would come in. Um, in Cincinnati, you get Rookware pottery because that was the big thing there. And different cities have their things, but um, also things travel. So 
you know, you'll be in Boston to get Hawaiian quilts and you'll be in Honolulu and get Boston furniture. So, um, you can, you never know what's coming through the door, man. It, it was really, um, re- really an experience. I know people are probably asking, what's the weirdest antique, um, you've ever well, seen? Well, I get that a lot, but what I get more than that is that people don't realize that I'm just the host and I don't know anything about antiques. So I'm constantly <laughs> getting people. And, and you know, one of the things about being a host as opposed to an actor um, is that you play yourself. So people feel like they have a relationship with you, which is to me is the best barometer if you're right. doing it right. And so people come up to me if they recognize me, which isn't often, but when they do, they start like mid sentence. Like we've been having a conversation. Right. Like we know each other. So yeah. literally I'll be in the airport and some guy will walk up to me and go, Hey, I got this watch my grandfather gave me. And I'm like, <laughs> and he shows me the watch. He tells me the story. And I'm like, buddy, I, first of all, hi, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I have no idea. Right. And they just won't take no for an answer. Then I come on, come on. What do you think? What do you think? I'm like a hundred bucks. Well, I just, cause I don't have any idea. To so me, that's been cool. To me, the best part now is that you're actually, you are an antique on Temptation Island. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. After just watching two episodes. So now, explain when you first. That's what I say to my makeup artist. I said, I'm in, I'm in makeup hospice. Now, all you do is sit me in the chair and pat my head and make me feel good about myself. And I go to work. (laughs) There's nothing you can do to help at this point. What, uh, when you, now where, where, where did you grow up? South Carolina. Okay, and when did you get out to L.A.? Um, so I grew up in South Carolina. I lived in Alabama for a year. And I moved to L.A. when I was 19. Okay, and you went, you started with the, when did the, like, because I know you're, you're also good friends with Mark oh, DiCarlo. So when you got to L.A., was it more to become an actor, become a star that way, or was it you yeah, already I, had the I, host like thing going you. on? Nah, see, so, <laughs> boy, this is a dark secret. Um, so when I moved out. I was in this group that was a musical theater singing and dancing troupe, okay. right? Called the Young Americans. And so I moved down when I was 19 and I would like work a day job and then rehearse at night and we'd do these shows and go away for summer in like Northern Michigan and do like summer stock all summer. And so I did that for a couple of years. And then, um, then my wife and I got engaged and then I got, we got a job singing and dancing on the cruise ship. Oh, that's great. And we did that for six months. And then we got married, and then the DJ from the cruise ship was an assistant at Dick Clark Productions when we got off the ship. Uh-huh. So he hired me as a PA, and that's how it started. And then one day the warm-up guy didn't show up, and I just went out and uh, did warm-up. So you and, were doing, um, like, the stand-up slash warm-up stuff? Or? I wasn't a stand-up. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was in the office, you know, doing invoices and, and coordinating stuff and PAing. And the warm-up guy didn't show up. And Dick Clark said, get me that funny kid. Yeah, that's and great. I'd never even seen anybody do warm-up. I had no act or nothing. So I went out and just did my thing, and it, it that popped. And so I, I skipped those. I'm a, I'm a lazy writer. So my, I have such esteem for guys like you and other stand-ups who really can write a joke and make it funny. And mine is more observational, but just sort of. You know, it's funny to me. I, I know um... – uh, one of your good friends, Mark DiCarlo, he he did my uh, show a couple weeks ago, and I'm always blown away because people always say, "Yeah, you just go up there and host." And I'm like, "Wait a minute! I know two guys that both names are named Mark, but I can't believe how good you guys are 
at hosting. I think people simplify. Well, he's it. he's one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, DeCarlo's and I was great. his warm up guy. That's how we met. That's unbelievable. He was, That's when he did, he was taping. Studs. Was doing studs. Oh, I didn't realize you were the warm up guy. That's incredible. And they had a warm up guy for the first taping, and they were going into the, like second or third taping. And they wanted to try something different, and I was doing warm up around town, and I got hired, and. It was the worst old studio that Fox had. It was just a broken down studio. So the cameras broke a lot. And Mark, you know, was the host and he was brilliant. And then he came down. We, we hadn't even met. And the cameras broke and he came down to me with a mic and he says to the audience, Mark and I know the answer to every trivia question you could possibly think of. Go. Right. And so, because he's an improviser, right? Right. And, Big time. And we used we started doing that and you know, well, I, that but, show you know, was a huge hit and I watched him host it and he was brilliant. I mean, just, but what you do is, you know, you, I find uh, again, and, and don't take no, no disrespect, the silliness <laughs> of temptation Island. Right. And by the, by the way, I'm so glad we got this far into the podcast before we got to the no disrespect. No, no, or no offense. Taken, no, no, no. But. Listen, no, it's, it's, it's the silliness of, or, or the heightened reality of temptation Island. Yes. And yeah, you're able to host it, and and make it make it seem like no, this is this is okay, this is normal. And I'm telling you, dude, it's a talent you have. Um, it's maybe it's easy to you, but I would be up first so of here, all. I'd be a creep thing. on the show. I'd be staring at all the girls. And, but you do it as if that. it's the most important thing in the world going on next. So here's the thing, because I get asked that a lot, and now that the show's on the air, I have to watch it every week. And 90% of what happens on the show, I don't see until it airs. I okay. see the bonfires. Like, that's my thing. And okay. I see the data eliminations or whatever, but I don't really see all that's going on, and I can't even keep up with it. So the way I see it, say it is when I watch it on the air, I get how it's altered reality, like almost professional wrestling of dating. Like, it's crazy, right. and I can be distanced enough to look at it at that level. But when I'm doing it, I always say you're either buying what you're selling or you're not. And I'm a hundred percent buying it. No, um, listen, and I'm in it. You're in. I mean, I, I, you know what? It's, 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 a, you know, I, I think hosting is one of the most underrated things. Um, uh, it's very difficult. I know I've tried to host a few things and what happens is I go into this sarcasm or this self-deprecating <laughs> I suck thing when, that's not your job <laughs> to, to mock out well, my place in life while I'm doing it. And, uh, and you and guys like Mark have a, um, a tremendous ability to, uh, to make it seem seamless. I know it's, uh, you probably don't think it's a big deal, but to me watching you work well, is like, I appreciate you saying it, man. I, I you know, I appreciate you saying it. it's, it's not brain surgery, but you know, it, I think what it comes down to is you got to find like the authentic version of you that hosts stuff, right? like whatever is you, and uh, and roll with that. So I'm I'm grateful for the compliment, man. You know, now nah, you're good. You're good. Away. Listen, if I you, knew how to do something else, I'd be doing it by now. Well, the other thing is, let's discuss the Wally Pitt moment. So yeah, okay. About so, you, so 15, 15 like years it. ago, uh, I I met you a few times. We hung out. Me and Mark DeCarlo and you. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I get a phone call. Hey Jimmy, uh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, oh, I don't know, drinking somewhere, <laughs> whatever. He's like, you got to come with me to Macon, Georgia. And I'm like, I'm like, making Georgia. I'm like, I'm a big Almond Brothers fan. That's where they're from. He's like, no, no, uh, Wahlberg's blowing That's me off. Right. He's got something going on. 
And I'm like, That's dude, right. w- when are we leaving? He's like, at eight o'clock tonight. I'm like, uh, all right, what do I need? He's like, typically the car. So he says to me, he says to me, he goes, yeah, Mark's blowing me off, and I'm embarrassed because I told him I was going to bring somebody, and you had gone the year before. So Mark right. said I can get a bunch of people to go. You blew him off for whatever reason. You were probably working, and so the schlob, me. Next thing you know, I'm on a flight to Georgia for a children's right. hospital celebrity golf tournament, and I'm going. That's the greatest. You were hosting shows, and now you got Jimmy yeah. Palumbo, who got like three base hits on an episode of Rescue Me. So, I, I, listen to me. You are well within the royalty of that that uh, group of people. Yes, but and once once you get past who is this guy and what what are your credits, it's a good time that whole week. But you don't see Mark. You know, Mark's the devil. Mark DiCarlo is the devil. The devil. He put me. I he, can swap stories. Oh, I know you can. But you know what? That's we'll do another. We'll do a whole podcast yes. regarding. It'll be. Let's talk about Mark. So he sets me up where I'm at the back. Every foursome got a celebrity. Okay. So this poor group of guys gets Jimmy Palumbo. They put his, I'm at the back of the trail so we don't tee yeah. off right away, right? So for the first three holes, I'm like, hey, guys, thanks so much for donating to the, to the children's hospital. They're not really talking to me. They're like friends. They're talking about yourself. So right, I kind of right, right. just kind of shut up and golfed. So about right. eight holes in, one of the guy goes, so like, uh, what do, you, do you live in Macon? Like, who are you? I'm like, I, I'm Jimmy Plumbo. Yeah. I'm part of the celebrity, right? He goes, I don't know who you are. I said, that's okay. <laughs> so the rest of the, the rest of the time, they don't say a word to me. On the last hole, one of the guys looks at me. Now you had to be there, but I'll see if I can make this as funny as it was. He looks at me and goes, "Hey, you know, uh, uh, I'm Charlie Daniels' cousin, the musical guy." <laughs> And I went, I go, you're Charlie Daniels' cousin? I go, listen, you're actually the celebrity now. <laughs> right, exactly. I was the guy just golfing, but like, I was like so embarrassed. And then I ended up doing it for nine years in a row. Mark suckered me in. Right. Until right. they stopped doing it. But well, you were, you were going to do it one year. We almost suckered you in to come on. I did it several years. You know. Like Mark and I did it several years. And then <laughs> until I you couldn't be bothered anymore. Coming up, I couldn't do it. No, I had the kids and whatever. I know. But, I know. Uh, I'm kidding. Of course that, you would do it. Trip, first of all, I can relate to how you feel because you have no idea how many golf tournaments I've gone to throughout my career. And the foursome thought they were golfing with Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah, I guess so. So that's sure. a much longer age. Oh, that's holes, it. Dude. Well, that's another thing. How? Well, I guess that's another thing to discuss. You know, you're Mark Wahlberg, and um, yeah. then there's uh, the actor Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. So how how do you like? I'm sure you've been asked. Like, how does that? Have you ever met him? I showed up. I showed up to the reunion show that we just shot for this season of Temptation Island, and I pull into my Subaru, and the gates closed, and there's a PA, and she says, "You know," I said, "You know, do you have a parking space for Mark Wahlberg?" She says, "Yeah, right this way." Opens the gate. I park. I get out of the car. She says, you want me to walk you in? I say, yeah, would you? And so she's walking me in. And she goes, yeah, so are you Mark's driver? <laughs> I'm like, oh I, I guess you could say I am. <laughs> this is on my own set. <laughs> my hey, own set. Even on your own show, you still, that's funny. Oh, yeah, come on. Did come you, on, have man. you ever met him? You know, I've never met him. I play basketball with a lot of his, I played in this NBA entertainment league for years. And I was on a team with the actual Johnny Drama like his yeah, yeah. real friend and Steve Levinson who wrote the entourage with him. Right, right. But I never met him, but I do have a story. I was in Boston 
doing the Antiques Roadshow and we're at the Boston Public Library and in, on a break, I'm just standing in the courtyard because it's gorgeous with my cameraman. And this guy walks up to me and I wish to God I did a good Boston accent. It could be so good with a Boston accent. But you got to just picture it. So this guy walks up to me and goes, hey, you Mark Wahlberg? I go, yeah. He goes, I'm Paul Wahlberg, his brother. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, are, are we going to hug it out or are we going to fight? Like, <laughs> are we good? And then he said, no, 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 we love you. And so we chat a little bit. And um, this is before Wahlbergers. Now he's a big star, too. But right. So Paul and I are chatting. Yeah, we know all about you. And then he says to me, he said, yeah, man. He says, you know, we're, we're at Mark's office. And uh, we open up, uh, you know, email. And we get this offer for this TV show. And we said, what the fuck would Mark do with this offer? It was for you. <laughs> That's I'd great. Say, hey, you ever want to swap paper, I'll take whatever he's got. Yeah, well, yes, you've so, done well for yourself as well, but, you know, yeah. Mark Wahlberg. As close as I've gotten to the Wahlberg estate, is all I'll say. <laughs> you got to, if you ever meet him, you got to let me know. It'd be funny as hell. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so anyway, I, I so what, um, beyond, uh, so Temptation Island, you're going to be, uh, Hopefully shooting another season. I'm sure they are. Unofficially. Unofficially a fourth season. What are you, you know, doing in between? Anything uh, besides um, just enjoying life? I worry. I spend some time worrying. You know, I will block out a good few hours for that. So that takes up a lot of time. And, um, you know, um, it's great. My wife and I, uh, you know, are here. and The kids are grown. My son's a Navy pilot. And yeah, that's he's awesome. uh, in Norfolk. And my that. daughter is a... Uh, professional ballerina but now she's doing other stuff and she's in boston so we're just kind of chilling right now i got some projects that are blooming like podcasty stuff and a book thing but uh basically i'm just planting my garden and um feeding my chickens and hanging out in the backyard right now uh, you probably hear my chickens in the back in the background yeah, what, now what part of la are you living in now i live in sherman oaks that, well <laughs> my wife likes to call it sherman oaks it's really van nuys but she okay. won't call it Van Nuys. Okay. Well, I lived in North Hollywood, which is now Valley yeah. Village. So I get that whole thing. I'm in Valley Glen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's lovely here. Anybody um, in L.A. is going to totally get this material. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, Van Nuys, so, of course, yeah, was the... a small house here, and I got a you know this big vegetable garden in the backyard and the chickens and stuff. So we're right in the middle of, you know, just a you know, subdivision. Right. And, That's um, cool. And you know we're we're just kind of chilling a little bit right now. It's good. There you go. Well, you well deserved. Listen, man, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, please check out uh, Mark Wahlberg and the other women and men on Temptation Island. Um, it's uh, <laughs> you can check them out. I'll be there. But you, you can know, check them uh, out. I mean, I hate to, it is one of those shows you can watch with the volume off. But then you won't see, you won't hear and see Mark Mark Wahlberg uh, do his yeah. thing. But he's very good at hosting amongst beautiful people trying to hit on each other. I guess. And I'm going to be honest with you: if you watch it with the volume off, I don't have a problem with that <laughs> at all. I'm much wiser with the volume off anyway. So you know, I support that 100. percent You got it, man. All right, everybody. Mark Wahlberg, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, on, Jimmy. Man.
Hey guys, Sturch here from the Chop Sports Podcast, and I want to tell you a little bit about Sunflower Meadow Seasoning. First of all, a guy my size likes flavor on his food, and there's nobody other than Jess that I go to for that. Her flavors range from French onion, BLT, Cajun country, so much more. They got dip blends, season shakers, smoothie mixes. Not even kidding, I've added some of their smoothie mixes to my post-workout protein shakes, and my goodness, what a difference. Get on over to sunflowermeadowseasoning.com for their entire list of products tell them chop sports sent you all right mark Wahlberg. you know what i love about coming back from a break when the when the producer doesn't hit the record button and i can see that he doesn't hit it and the button doesn't go on so then i can't you know do my little wrap up but uh we're back now that was mark l Wahlberg, good buddy of mine host of temptation island and antiques Roadshow. I want to uh, give him a shout out for coming on the show. That was awesome. A lot of tidbits in there. Maybe you guys didn't know. And uh, it was a pleasure to do show number five. And I will see you next week with a very special guest. Actually, it will be Dominic Lombardozzi, actor with me in the family and famously in the show The Wire on HBO. And uh, Dom's going to come on. We're going to have a few laughs. and It should be fun. And so I will see you next week. This part out, right? No, we're gonna leave. We're gonna leave okay. This part in. You were like, okay. All right. I got confused there. All right. All right. All right. Dave sucks. So that's how you know you'll cut this out. Okay. Good. That's how I know. Actually, I'm gonna keep the spell apart.